Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. <clears throat> all right. Well, yeah, I don't want to take over. I feel yeah, like this, yeah, is, yeah. this is your turn. It is. Murray, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I feel very welcomed. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. Great sermon. Thanks, man. Good Sunday. Yeah. yeah. It was good fun. I'm, I'm so glad that we're quite different in our styles. It's really cool. Yeah. You don't want to have one voice. Yeah. Just always there and say, having you there, it's like good but different to me and I love it. I love cool. Oh, thanks, man. So, yeah, I was super, super pumped. From your son. How how's things going with George? And yeah, it's going well. It's going well. He's uh definitely like starting to do lots of roles and stuff. So you can't like leave him on any high change tables. It could uh, lead to disaster. Yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. It's definitely like funny just to see like his personality starting to come out. He's definitely an extrovert. He loves being around people. Loves church. Loves parties. Loves visiting family members. So yeah. It's nearly 16 weeks. Uh, no, he's coming on 12. 12, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which I um, I was chatting to a guy at a cafe the other day, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, once babies reach three months, like, they sleep through the night. I'm like, I'm holding on to that. <laughs> I don't know how how much that, that, that promise yeah. is going to come through. Every kid's different, mate. That's... I think he, that was his one child. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. How about you, man? How's your week been? Yeah, yeah, good. Wet. It has been wet, yeah. yeah. I think it's the continual joke that if we ever want it to rain, organise a church picnic. Yeah, that's... Um, I am the drought breaker, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> the drought breaker. <laughs> you know? Wasn't there, like, a Jewish prophet who, like, the circle drawer, who, like, drew circles in the sand and made it rain? It's like, Pony the circle drawer. Oh, also, that's, a, that's a deep cut, anyway. <laughs> the, uh, I know about Elijah, who prayed and didn't rain. That's yeah, 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 and it didn't that's rain. Jewish prophet. Pony, Pony the circle drawer. There He's like go. a Jewish prophet who drew circles in the sand and made it rain. There, there you go. go. That's, that's a fun fact that I learned today. Um, yeah. So, the crucifixion in the Gospels. This was... Yeah. This was your idea, actually. You it was my idea. suggested this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, cool. I kind of stole it from a, like, class at Morling. I'm not going to lie. You know, unlike Matthew, I'm going to reference where <laughs> I got my, my material from. Uh, that's not so, stealing yeah. in Christian circles. It's all... Oh, it was Mark Rader. He said quite a guess. Oh, it's not stealing. We're just sharing. We're just Which sharing. is funny, because then when Mark marks your essay, he <laughs> begs to differ in what's footnotes. So, yeah. Uh, it is true, though. You can definitely... Yeah, I mean, it's almost every time I'm quoting a like um, a biblical scholar in a sermon, I'm like, oh, some scholars say, I don't need a footnote, I don't need to tell people, there's, there's no expectation, I don't know. I like telling people the yeah. author, just in case they're interested. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, oh, I might look that up later. Yeah. Yeah, right. this That's is true. This is true. Well, yeah, this, well, for people who want to know, I got a lot of info from Mark Strauss. That was Ooh. like, yeah. Was that the, the, the four four portraits yeah. of the gospel? I got yeah. that book. It's a good yeah, book. there's also for those who want to cheat. He actually has written these four great um, little blog posts on the Bible Project website, where he kind of gives like a really quick, like maybe 10, 15 minute read on each gospel individually, and like yeah, pulls out some really good stuff. Yeah. So that's where I'm pulling a lot of my stuff yeah, that's, from. That's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is just the Bible Project has some great stuff. It's so good. It's so, so good. Yeah. Um, what an age to live in. Um, yeah. 
Murray, uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was the Rubens painting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the idea of Mark whispering into Matthew. Right? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. So, like, um, Peter Paul Rubens, he's, like, a Baroque painter who I, I just really love his stuff. Like, I keep on coming across, because he does a lot of, like, Christian paintings. Oh, he did a lot of Christian paintings. He was alive in, like, the 1700s. Um, I've probably got the century wrong. But anyway, um, he, yeah, I love, like, how, yeah, how much detail he puts into his paintings that is saying something more, if that mm. even makes sense. Um, yeah, and I kind of loved that image as well. It's really interesting that each of the apostles are accompanied by their, I don't know, their mascot, their mm. emblem, mm. which is fascinating. So Marx is like a lion, which I find fascinating as well. This sort of like lion, which is often like quite funny. If you look at any of the lions accompanying the Apostle Mark in like old school paintings, it's quite clear the painter has never seen a lion. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the lions look really weird. Like there was no Google images. There was no Taronga Zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I don't think you know what a lion looks like. I don't think you've ever seen a lion. Yeah. Actually, that segues well in talking about lion. Yeah. Is obviously... Mark, he talks about Jesus being the suffering servant. Yeah. And so there was this expectation of the Messiah coming to be like sure. a lion. Totally. And so I guess in your studies, what, what sort of thing it really stood out about the Mark's idea of this suffering servant? Um, so, yeah, I mean, like going with that idea of like the expectation of a lion, mm. then like moving into something else. I think... Um, for me, um, even maybe like from a script writing perspective a little bit, like the structure of Mark, I like found really fascinating, which is something I kind of like, yeah, pointed on. But the idea that quite literally like the first like eight chapters pretty much or seven chapters of Mark are like so action-packed. It's like three years almost of Jesus's ministry like compacted so quickly. And then this turning point in like chapter eight, this sort of like messianic um, expectation revealed to the disciples when, you know, Peter's kind of like, you're the Messiah. And, you know, Jesus is kind of like, then at that point it kind of flips um, both the second half of Mark is like so slow. It's like the last week of Jesus' life is like the second half of Mark. So like the pace just like like at breakneck speed just changes from like sixth gear to first. Um, but in that, like even the second they fully realize as the disciples that like Jesus is the Messiah. Um, and kind of looked at again, even in that Genesis 49 mm. sort of like yeah. prophecy of like equating like Judah and the line of Judah and this Messiah to a lion. Um, <clears throat> Jesus then says, explains that like the son of man was now to like give up his life. And it's like, oh, it's like this, this, this moment can almost be like immediately as Peter recognizes that he's the Messiah, not only does the pace change, but even suddenly the explanation of what it means to be a messiah yeah because that messianic secret it's just peppered throughout mark it's so it's like, weird don't, right? it's like don't tell anyone don't tell anyone yeah but it kind of doesn't make sense in some ways because like we're told as christians to like share the gospel yeah and jesus is like but, shh <laughs> well i think too if you understand the expectation totally. of a 
Yeah. So, do you, have you heard of Judas Maccabees? Yeah, Maccabees. yeah, yeah. yeah. I th- probably expecting someone like that. So, yeah, for totally. those who don't know, the hammer. <laughs> yeah, Judas Maccabees. He led a rebellion against Antiochus Epiphanes the Fourth, who yeah. was a Greek king, and he actually sacrificed a pig in the Holy of Holies and yeah. put um, like a statue of Zeus yeah. in like the middle of their temple, yeah, like in like, the yeah Jewish. So, like, so he f- <clears throat> led a rebellion against him and defeated him. He was. And so, actually, that it was called the Hasmonean Empire. Yeah, yeah. The Jews had their own king, and then yeah. Herod kind of took over. <laughs> yeah. After defeating him, so they were really expecting another Judas Maccabees. Totally. Yeah, like someone just... to come through with like military power. Um, yeah, there was kind. Of, it was an interesting um, sort of thing that um, this is this is like a, a speculative thing, but there's like good evidence to support it that Judas Iscariot was a zealot. So this idea that he was um, a Sakari, a dagger man, where like he's sort of like maybe like Iscariot comes from. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so whether that was him or his like dad was like also a zealot and kind of came from that. But this idea that he was really expecting Jesus to be coming like with military force and power. And that maybe <clears throat> that was the reason why by the end of, you know, sort of, you know, the gospel, he's ready to betray Jesus mm. because he was actually really disappointed mm. by the upside down kingdom to sort of go more a Luke yeah, version yeah, yeah. of the gospel, but that Jesus was bringing this yeah. idea of a, a suffering servant, yeah. you know. Well, even like Peter's comment, it's quite remarkable. I wonder if you said this. You did. You talked about Peter being the, the mouthpiece of mm. Christianity before he died. And it's interesting. These are essentially Peter's words, which Mark had recorded. And when when Peter recognises Jesus, Jesus is like, yeah, get behind me, Satan. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just... <laughs> this is the rock of the church. Yeah, called Satan. And even Peter, in a sense, acknowledged his failure in that for failing to recognise the purpose of the Messiah. Yeah, totally. So there's, which I guess too ties in with that whole Messianic secret. Jesus doesn't want people expecting something that's not going to happen. Yeah, so yeah. Well, yeah, I've heard like theories that he was maybe um, trying to keep it a secret as well, almost because he knew the second it came out in a popular, you know, mm. way that he was this Messiah and somewhat, you know, claiming that, mm. um, that it would have almost stemmed the time that he would have been able to do his ministry and it wouldn't have been able to have lasted for even three years. Like yeah, someone would have killed him sooner kind of thing, <laughs> uh, which yeah, is fascinating. Well, in John <laughs> 6, Jesus leaves the crowd because I want to make him king. Yeah, when they when they're feeding of the five thousand, John makes that little reference. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, that seems to be this expectation. Is like we have this miracle worker who's gonna do remarkable things for us. It's making king by force. Yeah, which is interesting to make someone king by force. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's definitely <laughs> not the way you usually think it happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. Like. Yeah. John's like Jesus is like elusive mm. he's almost like a ninja sometimes like he, he slips yeah, yeah, out yeah. like unnoticed and sort of interesting but yeah sort of going back to mark uh you said something too which i liked it says persecution is not new news mm. frame the negativity of suffering by looking to jesus mm. i think that's it like identifying that that mark was written in a time when people were being persecuted yeah. by the romans and that's really what mark does he really focuses on the loneliness of Jesus and the totally. suffering nature of his yeah. ministry. And his yeah. 
Yeah, and I think, like, it's really... Like, I don't know, I think it was maybe a new revelation for me. Um, Just to put the idea that, you know, um, Peter had very recently been literally crucified Mm. um, as the, you know, head of the church in, you know, the 60s, um, or not the 60s, but 60 AD, rather. Um, And so this idea that, this idea of taking up your own cross was like not a metaphor at all for these people. Um, And I think that, you know, as I kind of said, it's helpful to be like, well, look, in reality, in like New South Wales 2022, like we're probably never going to have to give up our own lives in this context if, you know, we're called to serve God in in this um, space. But yeah, then what does that look like? Um, What does that look like to take up our cross? Well, I suppose to we might not lose our lives, but there'd be some people who might lose their employment. Sure. Uh, yeah, lose your reputation. Sure. Yeah, lose everything. Lose because, your family. Yeah, like uh, there's particularly us talking with someone in corporate land. There's certainly a push to to support um, yeah LGBTQI values um, and, mm. and all. And if you like, well, no, that goes against my beliefs. That could be the end of your employment. Mm. Um, that's just one example of, sort mm. of lots of, yeah, different things which yeah. standing up for your beliefs could cost you everything. Yeah, and it's interesting too. Like I sort of then think, like on the other side of the coin, how can we, like where's the point where if we're to be suffering servants, mm. we sort of allow ourselves to be loving to other people still mm despite it being contrary yeah. to our beliefs. And I think that that's, like, an interesting facet. Like, I love, um, like, Rick Warren, mm-hmm. like, was, like, sort of, like, if you search Rick Warren up on, like, Google Images, one of the first, like, images you see of him is him, like, hand-in-hand hand with Elton John, like, laughing and smiling after they had, like, just signed a bill to try and, like, fight against, like, the AIDS epidemic mm. in America. And I think when, like... I mean, Rick Warren is, like, sometimes referred to as, like, America's dad. (laughs) Like, he is sort of, you know, this big figure. Like, people Mm -hmm. understand he was at, like, Obama's inauguration. Like, he is such a figurehead for Christianity in America. Um, The thought that he is, yeah, like, serving people um, who, you know, are in the LGBT community and showing that love, like, Mm. that's a pretty powerful way to be Mm. a servant Mm. (laughs) in this day and age uh, where we're, yeah, where Christians are so often defined by hate um, by the outside world and, yeah, like, being redefined by love. It's interesting. Tim Keller talks about not offending people unnecessarily. Mm. The gospel, he goes, the gospel itself is offensive. Mm. Essentially, it's saying you're a sinner and you need Jesus to save you. Sure. Everyone. Yeah. So he's like, that part's offensive on its own. Don't yeah. do things to offend others yeah. unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I guess to me, what I love about this suffering servant imagery is when I kind of feel, oh, woe is me. <laughs> Look to Jesus and like, well, sure. yeah, he understands what that's like. The cross really totally. is the, yeah, you can find, again, referring to Keller, he talks about any problem in life, you can find the cross touches on that death Mm. if you're feeling lonely if you feel betrayed if you're feeling like physical pain and sickness Mm. this sense that encapsulates all human suffering in one way shape or form jesus yeah understands that and experiences that and And even like distance from god Mm. 
You know, yeah, like yeah. even like when you just feel the an absence yeah. of God. That Psalm twenty two reference, my God, my God, why yeah. have you forsaken me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, David feels that Jesus actually experiences that. Yeah, so, yeah. Very powerful about that totally. suffering servant imagery. Totally. And it's interesting, like, it's, I, I think one thing that I find really fascinating as well is, like, yeah, that, like, messianic imagery is, like, really strong throughout the Old Testament. But, like, the suffering servant is not, like, something that's only mentioned once. Yeah. Like, like the suffering servant songs in Isaiah, mm, yeah. the suffering servant, like, Psalms, are like, it, time and time again, like, this is also an image that the Jews were faced with. And I sometimes wonder how much, like, it was their own bias of being like, mm. oh, no, like, don't look at those passages. And then it makes me think, how much do we do that in our own mm. lives of like looking at certain passages of like, oh, like Jesus did this, like he like rebuked people and told them off yeah. and like did this and did that. It's like, yeah, well, like Jesus also did this. Like Jesus yeah. also like, you know, was mostly hanging out with the sinners mm. and the, you know, the downcast, the downtrodden yeah. and the outcasts. And yeah, like how much can our own bias like lead to our theology yeah like sort of only reading what we want to. Yeah. That's a, that's a really great point. Because I think as, um, particularly as Westerners, we love the idea of individual rights. Yeah. My rights. Yeah. And so we stand for that where, yeah, Jesus actually presents us as someone who's willing to, well, it's not Mark, but Matthew, turn the other cheek Mm. to, yeah. Totally. Suffer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, be downtrodden. Yeah, be it's, mocked and humiliated yeah. and, yeah. And no. still call for forgiveness and love. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it is interesting. Well, I think, too, you, you're touching on a great point. That second temple Judaism, the, the, the viewpoint of, yeah, trying to crush the oppressors. That yeah. It's probably what is the driving force. Totally. Behind yeah, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you look at, say, like I was thinking on Psalm 22, David's life, it... it mirrors almost Israel's journey in some way. He goes into exile. Think of sure. King Saul chasing him. Yeah. He goes into exile not once but twice. He has Saul yep. chase after him, then he has Absalom, his son. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly this imagery that David knows what it's like to be exiled and yeah, downtrodden and kind of have a cast a, a faithful group of disciples around him and totally. but also experience betrayal. He has some advisors who let him down and yeah. yeah, there's this sort of model that's even there in David's life. That totally he experiences suffering. In fact, lots of Jews experience suffering. Joseph. Yeah, Daniel. I was literally just thinking of Joseph. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah Daniel. That's... Yeah, um, yeah. No, it is fascinating. Like I think that we like to cherry pick all the time, mm. and yeah, there's so much suffering for God's mm. people, and yet when we experience <laughs> suffering in our own lives, I feel like it can so often shake our like theology because mm. we have sort of been highlighting passages of prosperity and fruitfulness and blessing which is definitely another part of it but yeah like just because well yeah i mean in some ways following god almost assures that you will experience (laughs) suffering (laughs) do you know what i mean like in this life um in in many ways there's almost a promise that your life will get harder (laughs) which is not what many in the church want to hear it's definitely not like what most people mention at an altar call no like come down the front we promise your life will get harder <laughs> like get on down here <laughs> put your hand up if you want your life to be harder yeah and this is um this is what i love about how the rabbis would read scripture two-handed mm. and so i always go back to because there's passages which talks about 
yeah, God's blessing. <clears throat> like you look at Proverbs, sure. like this idea of wisdom will make your life better. Yeah. But then you read the scriptures. And so there is tension in that. Mm. Yeah, and that's part of the mystery of scripture is that, yeah, mm. life with Jesus is much better. Mm. And, you know, you follow godly principles. Chances are you probably have a better marriage. For you have sure. have a better family life. You yeah. Find more meaning in your work, yeah. in your life. But at the same time too, mm. it might cause you to be divorced because your spouse may not like your newfound beliefs or yeah, yeah, yeah. get tension in job or friends or yeah. whatever. Or, you know, even yeah. in your own life, depending on the country. I was uh, talking to a uh, counsellor just yesterday uh, and he was talking about how... It's a little bit of a. Um, I always get this, this scholar's name, last name wrong. Say, so Georges, the three D gospel, or is it Jorge? Georges. I, I heard the three D gospel. I don't know. Yeah, the three D gospel. Yeah, it's yeah. this idea that um, it's based around like the three points of fear, shame, and guilt. Um, <clears throat> and this council was saying that um, most of our problems that we experience come from shame, fear, and guilt. Mm. Now, those are three things that Jesus comes to free us from. Mm. I'm like, wow. That's really cool. Mm. I like that. That is really cool. Um, that in being a suffering servant, we are able to, like there's, I think there is a, a promise to be able to be freed from fear, shame and guilt. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's really profound, actually. And it's something which fuels a lot of people's lives. Yeah. Like people make so many decisions mm. based from fear, shame, shame or guilt. guilt. Yeah. Actually, it's funny. We were talking about Star Wars mm. before, and that was that's the big thing about the dark side, isn't it? The the yeah. fear that leads to like the. I wonder if George Lucas was thinking that deeply when he created the whole concept of the dark side. Fear leading to the dark side. Well, it has consequences. Yeah, like yeah, fear. yeah. Maybe not manifesting in shooting lightning out of your hands, or you know. Yeah, but it I mean, certainly yeah. does lead to poor decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think like probably the like second like the the Anakin sort of trilogy yeah, for yeah. like a better word, like probably like feeds on that a little bit mm. more of like how <clears throat> letting your emotions get the better of you mm. can lead to disaster. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have that, like Jesus takes away your fear, guilt and shame. Mm. It's quite liberating. Totally. By, by ironically Jesus experiencing all those emotions on the cross. So again, keep going back to the cross. Jesus experienced the shame. He experienced the guilt of all our sin. Yeah. Uh, seem to even the fear it's not so much in the on the when he's crucified but in the garden certainly yeah there's that, please take this cup away from oh, that's me that's the most I find that the most profound hmm. scripture just I find it deeply encouraging that even Jesus like I don't want to do this but not my will yours be done I just yeah yeah as a human that struggles with mm. God's will at times and doing things the fact that Jesus wrestled with that mm. it's like wow God, if Jesus, the God Man, can experience this, then yeah, sense, yeah, we as humans too. That's quite a normal, natural reaction. And then totally, yeah, Jesus gets through that. He just keeps praying. And then he has the breakthrough, and then it's mm. and then he's ready, ready to go to the cross. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's almost like yeah, if Jesus like felt fear, like maybe fear isn't something to fear. <laughs> yeah, but. Okay. So in, I guess we've spoken uh, about the Jesus of the suffering servant, but I guess to the messianic expectations, there are passages in there, and we've touched on it briefly. I'll read it out actually, yeah. about Genesis 49. Yeah. And so this is Jacob is prophesying over his 12 sons. He sort of, I don't 
foretell. I say the word foretells. Foresees their future. Kind of. The, yeah, I think what, there's, there's, some there's, yeah. there's some prophetic elements yeah. in it, for sure. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> so this is Genesis 49, 8 to 11. So it says, In Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow to you. You are a lion's cub, O Judah. You return from the prey, my son. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he who comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is he, is his. He will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He will wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes will be darker than wine. His teeth whiter than milk. Mm. Yeah. Which just shows you how poor dentistry was back then. But that's a, com a compliment. Your teeth are <laughs> yes. whiter than milk. Yes, actually, Song of Songs yeah. does that. Talks yeah, yeah, about yeah. having brilliant... Yeah, yeah. like but. milky teeth is like an insult now. <laughs> <laughs> but it is some pretty like evocative, powerful, oh, yeah. um, symbolically charged language. Your hand will be in the neck of your enemies. Like, that's... That's yeah. dominating language. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone puts their hand on someone's neck, like that's a really violent act. Yeah. I mean, I imagine like to... face being like smooshed into the dust, essentially. Yeah, like Joshua does that, puts his feet on the neck of his enemies. Mm. Like it's a humiliating thing holding yeah. someone down. Totally. It's... So it's this, yeah, defeating of his enemies. And even that image, you are a lion's cub, O Judah. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, it's a pretty powerful image. Yeah. Totally, totally, and I like I I think the um, thing that I find really fascinating about like this is that there is like so much in it that is really pointing towards like dominance. Mm. It's pointing towards power. It's pointing mm. towards violence. But even in that, like like you're a lion's cub. Mm. Like hmm, that's interesting. Like this idea that. You know, there's there's still something greater. Mm. There's still something bigger. Um, that even in this like language, like mm. he will tether his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. Like mm. there's still this idea of like he. It's not like we'll tether his war horse yeah, to like yeah, a yeah. stake. That's mm, yeah, true. <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, even in like this prophecy, I do still see, and maybe it's in the hindsight yeah, of like yeah. knowing the full gospel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is fascinating. There is still, I see humility in it still mm. at the same time. And again, it kind of maybe points back to that bias mm. of like choosing not to see yeah, the but... humbling elements mm. and choosing only to see the yeah. sort of glorification, mm. the yeah. sort of powerful elements. Yeah. In the in the spiritual warfare talk I did a few weeks back, talked about the divine warrior, mm. and it comes through scripture a lot mm. god as a warrior and yeah. yeah it's something that perhaps we're not very comfortable with but that's the reality and i guess it goes back to this sort of two-handed sort of way of reading scripture god totally. is a warrior yeah but also at the same time too he is gracious a mother and forgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's, um, and even like reading this obviously we read this through the lens of jesus but jesus comes as a warrior Mm. Like he doesn't fight humans, he fights against demons. There's yeah. a lot of, and you, you mentioned this on Sunday, euphos, immediately, immediately, immediately. Just yeah. and a lot of it's casting out demons. Yeah. Like there's lots of spiritual warfare. For sure. Battling, yeah, and like when Jesus calms the storm, that's almost seen as a, defeating the forces of darkness, the sea being chaos, and he goes and casts out legion. 
Like yeah. There's Jesus coming out this warrior trampling over yeah. the serpent. Well, again, like Legion is even just such like a military, mm. like charged, yeah, yeah, like, you know, you know. Roman name. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We are a legion of demons. And Jesus yeah. is fighting against them. And even it could be argued to like sickness, he's fighting against that. He's fighting against evil because mm. sickness is part of the curse. He's overcoming. Yeah. Curse. So he does come as a warrior, just not as we expected. Totally. Or they expected, I should say. Yeah. Um, but here, but what what my favorite part of this prophecy is tethering his donkey to a vine, his colt to the choicest branch. He'll wash his garments in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. Mm. Talking about like fertility, mm. he's going to bring this prosperity. Which mm. you're like, oh well, my donkey can just eat my vine. Like vines were very very expensive. Only the wealthy sure. had that. He's like, ah, whatever, I don't care. I have so much. Sure. I have so much grapes on my vine. I don't care how much my donkey eats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm going to wash my... Not that you do this, but no, no, I have no. so much wine, I'm going to wash my clothes Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's quite um, remarkable in that sense. So he comes, yeah, as a king, the scepter not departing to bring that prosperity. And I love that little part we said about his eyes will be darker than wine. That just must be a compliment. Just this... Well, yeah, I yeah, suppose, his, like, in the Middle East, features, you know, yeah. like, nobody, I suppose, would have really had blue eyes. No, yeah, Everyone just had brown eyes. And, yeah. I don't know, beauty standards are very, like, shifting over, they like, are, time, yes. I suppose. Like, having really dark yeah. eyes is attractive. I don't no. know. And milky teeth. Um, yeah, no, <clears> like, <throat> that's really, really fascinating. Hey? Mm. And I think, like, um, this idea um, is... I don't know, just for me, really challenging as well because Mm. as much as, you know, for, like, first century Jews, they were expecting a warrior. Mm. I think um, I I like to be challenged, as you just brought up, like, how much do I limit the side of God and Jesus as a warrior Mm. for me? Mm. You know, like, I kind of love the idea of, like, almost Jesus the hippie, right? Mm. Like, the peace, love guy who just Mm. comes in and is like, just turn the other cheek, like, it's all good kind of thing. But, like, it's also, like, the Jesus who goes into, like, the temple with a whip. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he can be, like, pretty, like, hardcore at times. sticks it to the Pharisees. Yeah, or, like, the way, like, he kicks demons out of people. And so, like, you know, like, he's not mucking about. Um, And I think that, yeah, maybe sometimes we can have almost a slightly sterilized view mm. of Jesus. And it's important in all of this like servant talk to remember mm. that there is still this element of king, yep. of warrior, <laughs> of, you know, mighty and mm. powerful and raw. Um, but maybe we, yeah, lose mm. a little bit. I think that's what Revelation presents Jesus in that, yeah, almost contradictory images of he's the lion and the lamb. Yeah. And and there is a contradiction. Like, how can a lion be a lamb? Sure. That, lion normally eats the lamb yeah 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 (laughs) but he's both and that's the thing he is the lion of judah yeah yeah, yeah. jacob prophesies in genesis 49 but he's also the passover lamb yeah 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 i guess it's the same thing how has god become man he's god and so that's this tension of scripture here is yeah and even in revelation jesus comes not on a donkey but on the white horse yeah totally conquer his enemies yeah so it's yeah, came as a humble servant first time around, and then his second coming comes as the warrior king mm. on his white horse. Mm. You know? Which I suppose too, we're going a bit off topic, but that's for those who are persecuted. If like Revelation was written about that ninety mark, sure. most scholars think, yeah, under the persecution of Domitian, the the yeah, the thought of Jesus coming and conquering mm. enemies, it's kind mm. of 
a relief in some ways. Yeah. He put you... Yeah. Mm. Think if you're in the Ukraine and someone prophesied and said, hey, someone's going to come in and defeat Putin. You'd be like, yes! Yes! Like, yeah, that's yeah, what we yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want someone to get rid of the despot. And so in the first incarnation, it's conquering through the cross. The yeah. second coming is conquering through his power. So... So how do we find that tension? Like, how do we find that tension mm. of being a suffering servant, mm. um, but also being, like, almost a son of David? Like, right? Like, we mm. do, do we inherit, like, both sides of that uh, when we give our life to Christ? Like, mm. I think so. Like, so to, yeah, how, how does that then look? One of the things I've reflected on when Jesus says, turn the other cheek... In a way, it's a big act of faith because, in one sense, you're saying, as as the, the in the Old Testament, "Vengeance is mine," saith the Lord. That's essentially what you're doing by doing that. You're like, I'm not going to react because I know that the God of justice mm. is going to restore that wrong one day. And so that's sort of how I see the tension: is that as Christians, we're called not to be violent against others. It's in a sense leaving it to the Lord, leaving it to Jesus. Mm. And so. Yeah, I, this is probably straying a bit off topic, but this whole, like, there's some Christians who are complete pacifists who say, you know, we don't take up arms. And, yeah, it's that attention in life. This is what I love about Scripture is it's mm. not black and white. There's things that mm. are grey. Again, this two-handed yeah. way of living is... Did you, um, did you see the Oscars clip the other day? Oh, Will Smith smacking... Smacking Chris yeah, Rock yeah, in yeah, the yeah, face. Yeah. That was, like, so fascinating. It was. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a joke at first. I think a lot of people thought it was a joke. Yeah. So he gets like. So like for those of you who haven't seen it, so Chris Rock makes a joke about like Will Smith's wife at mm. the Oscars. Like Will uh, Will Smith is like sitting in the crowd. Chris yeah, Rock's yeah. on stage. Makes a joke about like Jada Pinkett Smith, his like Will Smith's wife, about like looking forward to GI Jane two. Essentially, just commenting about shaved her head. Um, Will Smith like walks up and like really like yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah. Like there was like a back sw- yeah. a, ba- a, a, a swing, swing to Stag- it. Stag- walk like they stagger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smacks Chris Rock in the face and then walks away and screams at him to keep his wife's name out yeah, of his yeah. mouth. Um, but yeah, I found it fascinating like Chris Rock's response to mm. that because like, I think like it's all well and good to be like, oh yeah, turn the other cheek. But that was just like such a like like literal example of what mm. like if someone's just smacked you in the yeah. face. Like, what is your response? Mm. And it was just, like, fascinating to see him. Like, he was shook. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, like, kind of, like, was, like, fumbling over his words. Like, this is, like, a, like, A-grade comedian. Yeah. And he was, like, just, like, really shook in that moment. And, again, like, it kind of comes back to, like, the emotional response, mm. right? Is to, like, to smack back, to, like, allow the, the fear and the pain to, like, get the best of you. But in that moment, like, yeah, I mean... I think credit to Chris Rock, to be honest. Like, yeah. kind of just let the show go on. Mm. Um, he is actually a fascinating moment just after he got smacked. He goes, like, really? He goes, I coulda. And then he, like, stops himself. He's like, yeah. nah. Because, like, you know, I think as a, like, stand-up, there's probably, like, five, like, really, like, witty shutdowns mm. and he could have just, like, fired back. Yeah. But, yeah, in that moment, he decided to, like, turn the other cheek. Did, yeah. And I just think, like, when you see it, like, manifested mm. so, like, literally, it's quite a powerful thing to see. Like, it it's is, not yeah. so easy to just turn the cheek. Yeah, I, I saw a video on it saying, is this, it was a joke video saying, ah, this is how we deal with our issues in 2022, violence. Because he got a standing ovation 
for winning that Academy weird. Award. It was super weird. The whole thing was weird. Look, Hollywood is Hollywood just is disgraceful. Anyway. Yeah. Look, yeah. Don't don't base your moral compass off Hollywood. Who you know. <laughs> if that's your one takeaway yeah, for today. Yeah, yeah, don't but, uh, yeah, anyway. Um But but it is interesting, um as Christians, that whole suffering. So because you ask the question at, um what does it look like to have a servant heart? Mm. And obviously that idea of a servant, which in Greek, doulos, slave. Mm. Yeah. It's even more powerful language. Yeah. yeah it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, in the English translations, we use servant because obviously the connotations are slaves. Mm. But yeah, it's really, really... Almost degrading language to be... Oh, to, no, there's, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a humbleness yeah, yeah, to it, yeah. for sure. To be that... Um, Humble yeah. but yet powerful at the same time. And how, yeah. how do we walk that tension? It's Yeah. Um, so I think, like, for me, like, it's it's a good challenge for, like, what it looks like to serve. Mm. Um, so quick story. Um, the church I grew up at, um, the senior pastor was an, like, high school music teacher. And essentially he um, just, yeah, like, really invested in the, like, music ministry of our church. And we had, like... For a fairly small church, like it was crazy. We had like four bass players, and like like it was only like two hundred people. It was like almost everyone played an instrument or sang. Yeah, no. Um, so for that church, like to sort of be able to serve in worship, especially as like a sixteen-year-old, like that was really cool, mm-hmm. right? Um, and probably for the first few years of serving in worship, um, in the worship band, it probably wasn't serving. Like, I was probably being served by it more. Mm. Like, the fun that I had and, like, you know, it's kind of some people enjoy being on stage. I know I do, you know, and, like, um, all of that kind of element, even just, like, maybe the, uh, I don't know, it's just, it's cool to just be in the band, Mm. like, when you're 16 years old and your mates are, like, you know, just there and whatever. So um, it wasn't until years later um, that... I started to really resent <laughs> being rostered on so frequently. Um, and I was like, get, starting to get really mad about it and sort of frustrated and, you know, felt like, you know, my life was so important. I had so many, you know, other things that I had to do. And I sort of like realized in that moment, like, oh, like I'm actually serving now. Mm. And like that maybe there's an element of like, you're not tr- like fully serving until there's like a cost. Mm. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah. What do you think like it looks like yeah. for you to be like a suffering servant? Yeah, I think particularly in pastoral ministry, mm. there's a sense that you know your expression don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm. Well, you're gonna have your hand bitten quite a lot by your sheep in pastoral ministry mm. and you're still expected to keep loving them and mm. keep serving them. And so that's part of it for me. And I constantly look when I feel discouraged about, oh, man, it's look to Jesus. It's like, well, he endured betrayal by one of his closest followers. Sure. It's not in Mark, but Johnny passes Judas the bread. That's a sign of friendship. He's mm. <laughs> offering him friendship and he walks mm. out and betrays him. And I think if, G- if that's one of Jesus' closest followers... The, the symbolic 12 to symbolize the new 12, 12 the new yeah, tribes of Israel. Mm. Yeah, how much more are we going to have that? And yet called to love mm. and to forgive. And so for me, that's part of it. And just looking at the Old Testament, I see my favorite prophet, Ezekiel. Mm. Dude, his life was just miserable. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a refugee. It was in a refugee <laughs> camp. It was, yeah. Like... Yeah, and even just the message. It's just so unpopular. Sure. That's the promise. I'm going to make... That's what Ezekiel means. May God strengthen him. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I'm going to make your head, like, hard. Yeah. It's like, that's sometimes what you need. You need to have a hard head to take what's going to happen. Mm. Angie says, go have a hard head with soft heart. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Eze- that Ezekiel sort of mindset, even yeah. Jeremiah, mm. he's chucked into a well. And as I mentioned earlier, David, he experiences his former exile. Sure. Um, so that's for me is part of it. It's understanding that, yeah, there are times the righteous must suffer. Mm. And if Jesus did that, then we must continue showing his example and looking to the cross and mm. keep loving God and keep loving our neighbor mm. as ourself. Um, mm. Yeah, it's one John says, you know, if you hate a brother, how can the love of God be in you? It's like, yeah. yeah, a lot of people will pray to God and sort of, sh- you know, show their piety, but treat their fellow human brother and sister in Christ with just utter disdain. Yeah, and that's yeah, I find that deeply challenging for me, and that's part, I say that's part of that. Yeah, servant hardness. Yeah, according to church tradition, the Apostle John, before he died every week, would get up and say. Brothers, love one another. And they got, everyone got sick of him saying it. And he goes, basically along the lines of, well, this is what Jesus you know, commanded us. We just have to keep doing it. Like it was just every week here at Mind of the Church. Yeah. Keep loving, keep loving. Yeah. Not just that emotion, it's that action. Yeah. Love and action. So yeah. that's how I see being servant-hearted, being a servant. Yeah. I love that as well. I think that it is something where if we're trying to be servant-hearted daily, we're going to inevitably be formed into a closer likeness mm. of Christ. But that's not easy. I mean, it's really hard. And take marriage. Take parenthood. It's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's times I'm very selfish and just want, I want this, you give it to me now. And yeah. expectations on spouse totally. or kids. It's... Yeah, well, I... I remember I got married. I said, "Man, I don't know why the monks thought living a monastic lifestyle was the way to God." Getting try getting married—that's yeah. what I found. I realized how selfish I was. Yeah. And each day, and then it was even worse as a parent. It's all right in the baby stage. I found the baby yeah. stage quite easy in some ways because they don't talk back to you. But now, the yeah. hardest is yet to come. I find yeah, that very comforting. Yeah, Thank you. Here you go. Here you go. More, 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 more transformation. More opportunities yeah. to become more refined like Jesus to yeah. cross. But I think that's beautiful though, like as mm. you are a servant, like you are in a way dying to yourself. Mm. Uh, yeah. Really cool. It is really, really cool. So, yeah. Well, well, look, I think we might wrap it up there. Sounds good. It sounds like a great place to... So, Murray, what do we look forward to this Sunday? Yeah, so the Gospel of Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first Gospel in the New Testament, <laughs> but the prob- pro- very, very likely the second one chronologically written. Mm. So, yeah, it's going to be as I kind of uh, slightly uh, brushed over on Sunday, like Matthew and Mark are... Uh, have a lot of commonality and in particular mm. at the the passion at the crucifixion mm. um so yeah just looking at what are the differences what are the different points that matthew is bringing out and i think ultimately it really comes down to like the audience so that's mm. what i'm going to be looking at yeah. what was matthew trying to say to his original audience uh and then what does that mean for us today mm. so yeah should be a should be yeah, a fun excited. time <laughs> get get some more color in that portrait of Jesus. Yes, you know? yes, the, the, the cartridge analogy. That's it. Yeah, That's very it. good. So, should be good. <laughs> All right.
Well, thanks, Muzz. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I'll uh, see you Sunday. Yeah, see you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.